Welcome to Voice Power, the podcast all about bringing the power of voice for your business or personal needs. You will hear how voice increases your positivity and creates amazing opportunities. Your host, Earl Thomas, The Voice, will share his vast experience on today's episode. Thanks for tuning in, subscribing, and writing a review wherever you receive your podcast. Welcome to Voice Power. My very special guest today experienced an incredible story escaping from a Romanian industrial town of the Eastern Communist bloc 40 years ago. It is a story of courage and intrigue of what it was like becoming a refugee and what it took to settle and embrace a new culture. Michael Tadori climbed critical hurdles to make his way to Canada and adjust to a new life and become a successful real estate agent for Remax Select Properties and Residential Realtor Guide to Real Estate Investment in Vancouver, B.C. Michael's determination to find a new life will inspire as we discover how he traveled to Canada. To his experiences in settling into Canada from being a guest services night audit manager, guest relations supervisor on a five-star Royal Caribbean cruise ship, front desk guest experience at the Weston Grand Four-Star Vancouver Hotel, premium client services for the Vancouver Canucks Sports and Entertainment, to his passion to serving the needs of his clients at Remax Real Estate. His strong community involvement includes the Hollywood Theatre Revitalization, soccer coach of Vancouver United Football Club, in-school mentor for Big Brothers, and member-at-large for the Vancouver Board of Trade. Michael is fully qualified with REMAX as a certified negotiation expert and senior real estate specialist. He has earned the CLHMS designation. In conversation with Michael, I find him to be a very humble, caring, and good communicator, not boasting of his achievements and being a truly inspiring, authentic person. His story of traveling to Canada is truly inspiring. I'm grateful to welcome Michael Tadori to Voice Power. Welcome, Michael. How are you doing today in all this huge amount of snow around? Hi, Earl. Good morning. Yes, thanks so much for having me in your podcast. Yeah. Uh, today is one of those uh, uh, days which uh, Vancouver gets lots of snow, so we're snowed in. At Voice Power, we're discovering how our voice creates positivity. You have an incredible life story journey from Romania and how you developed a good life in Canada. Thanks for sharing it today at Voice Power. Tell us about Romania and how and why you were able to leave to come to Canada. Thank you, Earl. Uh, this is a um, long story. However, I'll give you the reader judges for it. So the reason for this podcast, as, as we discussed, is uh, to encourage others to, with from my, from my story, from my experience, how to be persistent, how to be determined in life. And that's a, that's a, the point of the, the story, to, to know how others others went through um, and uh, whatever issues you might have one, one day it's nothing that I or some other people in my uh, position went through uh, in their lifetime and also how this prepared me for my uh, um, my life today uh, as, a, as a realtor uh, in Vancouver market um, and how I uh, how that prepared me to be a better person so here we go 
for uh, those who, who don't know, Romania is a country uh, in Eastern Europe. Um, some of the neighbors are uh, Bulgaria to the south, Hungary and former Yugoslavia uh, to the west, and the big um, Russia to the east. And that's where I grew up, the Russian border, uh, 10 kilometers from the Russian border. Yeah, I grew up in a under communist system. So for those of you, you might know the president, one known, um, called Ceausescu. Uh, he ruled the country for over 40 years with iron fist. That was the way of uh, way of living. That's the way I grew up. That was the, that was normal for me. So uh, from when I was a little boy, and uh, uh, then I realized earlier what. Uh, but there is more to more to life out there than uh, what was what the way the culture the the environment I was living in. What was the most difficult part of your journey? Difficult part is there's there were many difficult parts. However, um, I only knew that um, I have a, um, I wanted to to have a better life for for myself. I want to to have a better future for myself, for my family, for my son. And um, the the mental part was uh, the made me strongest to to go through a lot uh, all the hustles um, and and issues I went through. Um, okay, so probably the hardest part is leaving the country. For um, those of you who don't know, um, Romania was a was a closed border. People could not travel anywhere um, in the world. Um, I never had a passport because we're not allowed to have passports. Only a few people in a communist system, um, they're allowed to have passports to travel uh, in, a, in a socialism countries like, you know, Bulgaria, Russia or Eastern Germany. Um, escaping from Romania is not, it was not, never easy if you don't have a family to, to sponsor you or some other means to, to leave the country. So um, escaping is uh, uh, because we're not in jail, but we're in a, the 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 mindset there the mentality is I feel like like jail when I look back now the way things people con they were controlled and the, the all the control people uh, the government had over uh, the media the newspaper your life your day, everyday life you know I grew I remember growing up we had a food food uh, portion ration right we we had you know one loaf of bread per day for a family or half a liter of uh, oil uh, per week. So we had to we had to make it do right. So we were not per se in jail, but we are in. Uh, now I realize more and more how how stringent the rules and the, the life was there. Living from there was, was very hard because the borders were patrolled by a military service. So um, imagine a, you know half a kilometer of border which was patrolled by army, um, especially in the area where towards Yugoslavia, where people were trying to escape uh, to the west. And uh, there's many, many stories which I only heard in a, a Radio Free Europe, um, which was very hard to, to get, where many people were um, killed or, you know, they, they, couldn't, they couldn't cross. They, uh, if they did, they, they were caught, they sent to jail. So uh, that was the hardest part for me to, uh, uh, in my journey to, to live from there. Um, so that was my third try to... Uh, I tried a couple of times and they, they, they caught me, they sent me back uh, because I was uh, under 18 and my was my first time. Uh, I didn't get the jail sentence, but they got a heavy fine for my parents. 
um, the third time I was lucky that I uh, I connected with a fellow who uh, in the military service where I was where it was mandatory to um, who lived uh, right on the on the border. He knew the in and out of the patrol, uh, what time they were having a break, what time is a good time to which which direction to go, uh, what to take, what not to take. So I was a little lucky. This fellow had a, a family. He was going to go to Germany, and uh, he, that was his reason for living. So uh, the two of us escaped uh, one one night, um, eleven thirty at night, and uh, we crossed crossed the border and uh, we walked for forty kilometers uh, until we got to um, former uh, capital of Yugoslavia called Belgrade. Uh, so that was very scary. Uh, experience uh, the thought that being caught and being sent back and uh, being put in jail for years uh, together with the you know all criminals and and uh, it was a general general jail uh, style which um, doesn't compare to jails here in in, uh, in the western uh, world and that's how that was a, that was a, the hardest part to get get out uh, the third time and and um, the thought that you might be caught in what the repercussions are. So you, you must have experienced a, a lot of fear, but you're very courageous, you know, to make that break and even going a third time. I'm wondering, when you landed in Canada, what were you feeling? Well, I, I never landed in Canada. I came by boat. So I didn't flew in Canada. I uh, I came, uh, I was a stowaway on a, on a ship. So... There's uh, many, many pieces, many chapters mm -hmm. um, for this journey, which um, they are in you know, my um, biography, a small biography I wrote. Uh, when I made it to almost to closer to Italy um, and in former Yugoslavia, I I hid in a, in a um, tractor or, or trailer, which was full of furniture, and I didn't know where that goes. So I... I just I just hid in there. Uh, my friend uh, went, who I escaped from Romania, went a different direction towards Germany. There was no easy way to cross the border to, from Yugoslavia to Italy, uh, as, which was pat heavily patrolled as well. Uh, so I, I hid in this uh, uh, container and I didn't know where it goes, but uh, I wanted to go as far as possible um, and hopefully somewhere in uh, the Western uh, world. So um, believe it or not, I I woke up in Sweden in that uh, container. Um, the the patrol dogs uh, found me, and uh, they were surprised how I got there. The immigration from uh, Sweden authorities came, and I didn't know any English. They brought the translator, and and you know they were just dumbfounded. How they how did they get here? So uh, I explained to them, and you know they they you couldn't couldn't believe, but. Um, you know, I, I applied for refugee status, and and I was in Sweden for um, about a couple of years, and uh, I'll be happy there. I was away from a communist system. I went. I I thought Sweden was was a good country. However, <clears throat> while I was there, there was a revolution in Romania in 1989 December, which overturned the communist system, um, and for the president, which was um, again his name was Ceausescu. So the Swedish authorities um, decided that they're not going to allow um, refugee status or PR to uh, to people anymore because the communists 
power is um, is no more. So they said, uh, well, we can give you a green card. And I was kind of limbo, not couldn't stay there. I didn't want to go back. They didn't send me back because of the way I escaped. So uh, I had no choice just to have uh, to leave from there. So I, um, after, after months of searching different uh, avenues, remember I had no passport. Um, I had no money, so I uh, I found a route that there was uh, ships traveling uh, from Gothenburg, Sweden to um, North America, uh, and they carry commercial goods. And I got actual schedule of different containers that uh, I know the route. So one was living on towards Halifax, and then next stop New York, next stop Philadelphia, and way back. Otherwise, other one was going from Panama Canal, Canal to LA. Um, and there was another choice. One um, was living to Australia. So and I didn't want to take that uh, month-long trip to Australia. So um, I decided to, uh, to, 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 to take the ship uh, going to uh, Canada with uh, two stops, one in uh, Rottenburg, uh, Netherlands, and one in Liverpool in England. I wasn't, again, me and one other fellow um, I met in a refugee camp where I was there for almost two years. Uh, May 9, 1990, 1990 uh, we hit on this uh, uh, ship and the bow, bow of the ship, we, we sat on uh, some of the stairwells and um, we we're finding dandy until the last stop uh, where a crew member found us and, uh, in Liverpool. They did not have the time and the means to deal with the paperwork and illegalities to uh, <clears throat> to drop us off in uh, England. And they said, "Okay, you uh, you taking the journey to Canada, and that's where we wanted to go." I arrived in Canada three weeks later. The journey on on a container ship was three weeks. So I arrived arrive in Canada on a container. Um, the immig Canadian immigration knew of our arrival. That the ship um, gave them forewarning. Um, I, I felt I felt good. I felt um, as Canada was was a good option for what we know about it, and um, and I, we're glad we are glad that we did because we're treated fairly. We're we're given um, you know right to work and and start a new life uh, within two weeks. So and um, I'm very I'm still grateful for for that chance. Within um, two weeks, oh, part, that's that's incredible. Yeah. Well, it didn't get the PR for two weeks, but um, you know, uh, we got settled. We we got money to to look after our you know uh, shelter and food, and then uh, they were giving work permit. So which I started working two weeks. I was in the country. So wow, when you started working in in two weeks, um, what was your your first employment step? Uh, first employment is um, there was a Greek festival uh, happening in Halifax, and they needed a dishwasher. So uh, I was I was dishwasher there for two weeks. Uh, then I one day I was walking in the city and I went to a Canadian Tire. I met this lady who uh, he heard me talking in Romanian with the other fellow and he's like, oh, you know, where are you guys from? And, and friendly and says, oh, we're looking for somebody to help us in our uh, motel and they want to come over for a weekend to we'll give you some jobs. So we did, and that's where I started to work for the family for four years. And then I got my PR, and um, yeah, that's the next, next chapter in the story. Well, but um, uh, one side, side bar is um, when we were 
uh, on this uh, commercial ship uh, on the Atlantic, um, the captain asked us, uh, as you know, the ship was making a stop in Halifax and then New York and then Philadelphia. And he said, where do you want to drop you off? And um, I said, well, I, I don't want to go to New York. I never had a desire to go to the uh, United States. So I said, definitely Canada. So, and um, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad we did. In retrospect, 30 years later, uh, I'm happy to uh, to call myself Canadian and my son and my family. So that's 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 wonderful, Michael. Uh, did, did you find Canadians were friendly? I mean, that lady was obviously friendly towards you. How how did you find Canadians? Uh, awfully friendly. Um, I mean, even in Sweden, uh, people were um, so welcoming and so friendly. So that was the times then, right? Th things change with the internet and and so many things things change in the world and that um you know people these days they you know they they have doubts about about someone rather than having open hearted and open mind to, to talk to somebody or to you know to get to know them as who they really are so um you know halifax back then was uh kind of a bit vancouver in the 70s where you know walk down the street and people say hello to you and you leave the doors unlocked and, you know, never come and ask you if you need a cup of coffee or, you know, this is, it's not happening uh, these days. People are not, not as, as friendly, but especially in Vancouver, maybe a small town BC or small town Alberta or Manitoba, but Vancouver, as we know, it's a, it's a bigger city and it's a different environment. I, I'll do my part in trying to be nice and try to be friendly. Um, and that's all I can do though. Yeah, I wonder um, why did you uh, choose real estate as uh, your career? I've been in real estate in Vancouver for twelve years, um, and I think it's a natural progression. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I, uh, when I was working for that family in in Halifax to help them in a, they were they were running this uh, motel in cottages. Um, I was really involved into the operation, and and I like serving people. I, I like the the hospitality. I guess job or or the, the tasks, and I decided to go to school for it. So uh, uh, part time while working, I was um, taking a, a degree in tourism and hospitality management, with minor in business and uh, psychology, and I graduated five years later in uh, um, with a tourism and hospitality, and that was my passion and and still in uh, holds a, a small part of my heart. To, to serve people so um and to help others and that's kind of my my nature and that's how i that's how i think did lots of soul searching and uh, I, I saw lots of transferable skills um and these days i'm thinking how to how do i help people i ask myself every year like how many families can i help this year how can it be a service so having this mindset i think uh, it's a uh, came natural and um was an easy choice is it's not a and i find it a very fruitful and good career to uh, uh fulfilling when uh, i help clients and buy a new home and they uh, whether they get an investment or uh, i help them to to a better lifestyle you are a fully qualified uh, certified negotiation expert with remax what do you attribute your success to as a real estate agent uh, certified negotiation negotiation is one one of the important part of um, any any agent. But um, I 
I take it very seriously. So I, besides negotiating, uh, you know, 20, 20, 30 deals a year, I um, I did take a lot, took a lot of uh, uh, training and education. This year, for example, uh, I, um, I signed up with a, a former FBI agent um, turned negotiator. I don't know if people might know him, Chris Voss. Um, he has a book, has a podcast, and I'm always learning from from him how to be a negotiator and uh, how how to help families um, get the best uh, value and the best price for a, for a property which suits their needs. Uh, you've earned the CL HMS designation. What does that stand for, and how hard was it to get that designation? Certified Senior uh, Specialist. It's not offered anymore, in uh, unfortunately, in the uh, real estate board. It's it's a it's a piece of paper. You have to say that you are certified to uh, to help seniors any real estate matters or any other logistic matters. So, I mean, any realtor can can be a downsizing specialist, uh, and this is just a license to uh, certification that you took the training and you you make this as a part of your business, which it is part of my business uh, to to help seniors and their families. To um, with a downsize, which is a, it's a big, big move for someone who lived in their home for you know ten, twenty, or forty years in some cases. Yes, it's hard to leave a home once you've been there for a long time. What is your process to finding your client's dream home? Well, the real estate job is like a matchmaker, so um, um, I show people home until they fall in love with one, I guess. Uh, but the process is um, understanding people's needs. Uh, we talk about with uh, with the internet, lots of resources available to uh, to consumers to um, to look on the online to for the right property. But there's many details, many uh, um, input a realtor has about specific areas, specific property. Consumer might not know just looking at uh, you know a property online. I think there's lots of misleading information out there. Companies like Zillow, for example, which um, they are a technological company, company, they operate in a real estate space and um, they can provide you a value of your property in uh, five minutes. But they never been to your neighborhood. They never know um, what's your house like. And uh, it's not real uh, assessments like going to a dentist and tell them uh, you have a foot problem. So, <laughs> so uh, it, that's the best analogy I can think of. <laughs> yeah. So it, does it get really exciting for you once you, you're getting close to finding your, your client's home and now and now they're in it? And what do you go through as a, as a real estate agent? You, you've met their needs and they're, they've got their new home. How do you feel? I feel excited. That, like I said, that's, that's the best part of my job to uh, <clears throat> when people get a possession of their, their key, their home, and uh, they're excited, they're happy about it, and uh, they feel good about the transaction because it, it's worse to have a remorse of a property which you purchased and there's no refunds, unfortunately, in real estate. So there's no return policy. So uh, people, um, they want to, I want them to feel good about it and to enjoy their home, enjoy the process and uh, don't feel that they've been pushed into a, buying this, this property by uh, me or any other agent. And and that's a, and that's a feel good. Uh, that's what we're working towards. And uh, it's like climbing a mountain. When I reach at the top, uh, feels really good to uh, to look look at the process and uh, how how you feel about it. So, case in case in point, I have a client who um, uh, I met maybe uh, 
four months ago, introduced to me by a previous client. Um, we sat down and had a discovery uh, meeting to learn, you know, what their ideal home look like and what do they, uh, what do you see themselves in five years? And uh, from there, you kind of narrow down the right, right property and then look at the right areas where their kids, um, where they wanted the kids to go to school or uh, what's important to them. You know, they like biking, uh, they like hiking, they want close to all those amenities all those conveniences, right? So, and then we started, we got mortgage pre-approval to know what is, what they can afford. So there's a logic decision, there's emotional decision, and a logic decision. So we need to, to combine them both sometime. And then we look at different options in parallel, look at the condos, we then look at townhomes. And we found a nice townhome and uh, they move in uh, end of November and they are doing a renovation right now excited to to live there to move a neighborhood to to see the i've been there this week to see the transformation they did and um that's their first home in canada and and they they love it uh, and they feel good about the, the investment it's a good area and i hope they're happy and and they refer me to uh, their friends so and that's how it works well that's wonderful i've really enjoyed talking with you michael it's, it's a very uh inspiring courageous story you had a lot of courage coming from Romania settling in uh, various jobs and then finding a passion in real estate and uh, thank you for taking the time to share your story I know uh, our listeners will uh, be inspired by you and uh, and just keep pushing forward no matter what the problems are we can find a solution and I know you're a solutions oriented person thank you for stopping by here at voice power Michael I appreciate it thanks for having me all Thanks for tuning into Voice Power and subscribing and writing a review wherever you receive your podcast. Voice Power is the podcast that keeps you informed on how voiceovers improve your business and personal life. Earl Thomas, The Voice, thanks you for joining him today. Have yourself a wonderful day and we look forward to you joining us next time.